Chris Diamond was working out in his home gym when he got the call. Home gyms were a definite status symbol in L.A. If you didn't have a Cybex-equipped home gym, you actually had to mix with the sweaty masses at the L.A. Sports Connection, and that meant you simply hadn't made it. Chris Diamond liked to think that as one of the most sought-after entertainment lawyers in town, he had definitely made it. Hence, his state-of-the-art gym with a spectacular sound system and high-definition TVs on three walls, while the fourth wall was a huge sheet of glass overlooking the glittering lights of L.A. He'd purchased the house at the top of Coldwater Canyon, perched on the edge of a magnificent hillside because of the incredible views. Then he'd proceeded to redo and rebuild until it was exactly the way he wanted it. Chris was a perfectionist. He liked things organized and in the right place. It gave him a feeling of security, something he'd never had while growing up. Nine a.m. Friday, Lady Bentley said. Can't do it, he replied, jumping off the life cycle and reaching for a pristine white hand towel, which he threw around his neck. Why not? I've got an important meeting in Vegas I can't break. I strongly suggest you do, Lady Bentley said calmly. Your brothers will be here. And your father expects you. A long beat. I'm sure you wouldn't wish to disappoint him. Chris digested her words. Is he sick? He asked at last. Be here. It is to your advantage, she said mysteriously, and hung up. Red Diamond reached for a dark-colored cigarette with his gnarled right hand, and lit it with a gold Dunhill lighter. Red Diamond was seventy-nine years old and looked every year of it. His craggy face was lined and wrinkled, his sunken blue eyes faded and darkly shadowed. An aquiline nose and strong jawline gave hints of the imposing-looking man he once was. "'Are they coming?' he demanded in a crusty voice his eyes raking over Lady Jane Bentley as the impeccably groomed woman entered his bedroom. Lady Jane nodded, wondering what he was up to this time, for Red Diamond never did anything unless he had an agenda. "'You're sure?' he barked, blowing a stream of acrid smoke in her direction. "'Absolutely,' she said, waving away the smoke with a pained expression. "'All three of them?' he rasped. "'Yes,' she answered coolly. I contacted all three of them as you requested, and they will be here. Excellent. A crafty smile spread across his weathered face. And so it begins, he muttered, almost to himself. Lady Jane Bentley nodded again. When Red Diamond wanted something, nobody dared to argue, not even her. What was he up to now? That was the question. She was curious to know, but smart enough not to ask, for Red never revealed anything until he was good and ready. Like everyone else, she would simply have to wait and see. Chapter One What's your name, dear? The bald man with an abundance of hair sprouting from his ears inquired. Liberty? The young waitress replied. What's that? 
he said, peering at her. Liberty, she repeated. It's written on my name tag, asshole. Can't you see it? What kind of name? Oh, please. You got any idea how many times I've had to go through this conversation? Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin named their baby Apple. Courtney Cox and David Arquette, Coco. What's so unusual about Liberty? Ignoring him, she refilled the bald man's coffee cup and walked away. Moron, she thought. Like, who does he think he is commenting on my name? It's none of his freaking business. When I'm a famous singer-songwriter, I won't question people's names. I'll be understanding and polite. I'll get it. She hurried behind the counter, still steaming. I'm so not down with this waitressing crap, she complained to her cousin Cindy, who'd gotten her the job in the Madison Avenue coffee shop, and like her, was an aspiring singer. Never forget, it pays the bills, girl, said Cindy, a buxom 23-year-old originally from Atlanta, with gleaming black skin, thick ankles, an ample ass, huge breasts, and a wide, inviting smile. Singing should pay the bills, Liberty said forcefully. That's what we do. When we score a gig, that's what we do, Cindy pointed out. So while we're waiting... I know, I know, Liberty said, frowning. Gotta make a living. Gotta pay the rent. The furrowing of her brow did not affect her startling beauty. Biracial, the product of a black mother and what she assumed was a mixed father a man her mother refused to talk about, let alone reveal his identity. Liberty was milk-chocolate-skinned, with lustrous long black hair, elongated green eyes, thick brows, impossibly long lashes, cut glass cheekbones, full lips, a pointed chin, and a straight nose. Cindy was always carrying on about how Liberty looked like Halle Berry, which kind of irritated her because she considered herself an original and did not care to be compared to anyone, however gorgeous and successful they might be. Liberty was 19. She had plenty of time. Or did she? Sometimes she awoke in the middle of the night in a cold sweat, her heart thumping. What if she never got discovered? What if nobody listened to her songs or heard her sing? What if she ended up like her mom, a failed singer cleaning other people's mess all day? Man, she was almost twenty. She'd been out of school four years, and nothing big had happened for her. Oh, sure. She'd made an amateur demo tape, scored a few gigs as a backup singer, but not as many as she'd like. And no producer had stepped forward and said, Honey, you're it. I'm signing you to a contract here and now. You'll be the next Alicia Keys or Nora Jones. All you gotta do is name it. Where the hell were Clive Davis and Diddy when she needed them? Miss! A sharp female voice brought Liberty back to reality as an irate female customer attempted to attract her attention. She sauntered over. At least she had attitude. Nobody could take that away from her. Yes, she said. Do you know how long I've been waiting? The woman demanded in a high-pitched voice. Where are my eggs? Sharp-featured, the woman was wearing a knockoff Armani suit and clutching a fake Louis Vuitton purse on her lap. No style, Liberty thought. If you can't afford the real thing, then you may as well forget it. 
The man with the woman had nothing to say. Apparently his eggs were not such an urgent matter. I'm sorry, Liberty said in an I-couldn't-give-a-rat's-ass voice. I'm not your table person. She refused to say waitress. She found it to be demeaning, especially to this cow. Well, get me my table person, the woman said in a sneering voice. I've been sitting here for fifteen minutes. Sure, Liberty drawled. For a moment their eyes met. The woman hated her because she was beautiful. It happened all the time. They wouldn't hate her if she was Beyonce Knowles or Janet Jackson. They'd be fawning all over her the way people did with stars. Once Mariah Carey had come into the coffee shop with full entourage in attendance and two massive black bodyguards who'd never left her side, people had freaked. Paparazzi had gathered outside, and within ten minutes a huge crowd had formed, almost breaking the plate-glass windows. The owner of the shop, Manny Goldberg, had begun to panic until his wife, Golda, decided it would be prudent to escort Miss Carey and her group into the kitchen, where the star graciously sipped a cup of green tea, signed autographs, and chatted amicably with the two Hispanic chefs. Liberty had thought about approaching her, but in the end chickened out. Cindy hadn't. Cindy had gotten the diva's signature on a paper napkin, which she'd stashed in her underwear drawer along with various packets of condoms in all colors and sizes. Cindy was into being prepared. Rude little bitch, Liberty heard the woman mutter to her male companion as she walked away from the table. Who does she think she is? Liberty was not bothered. She'd been called worse. She was just about to go into the back when she spotted Mr.